Today on Locked On Canadians, the break did nobody any good. The Canadians are back, and is it possible they're getting worse as time goes on? That's coming up on today's edition of Locked On Canadians. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 549 of Locked On Canadians. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. And you can also make us your first or last watch of the day now that we're on YouTube. Please find our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts or YouTube and subscribe on the platform that you prefer. Uh, my name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts and I'm joined as always by Scott Matla, who uh, was just on Game Over with Andrew Berkshire. So if you get a chance, please check that out as well. They did it immediately after the game. So I've had a little bit of time to sit and stew over that Montreal Canadiens loss to the New Jersey Devils uh, while Scott was talking about it. So I'm excited to see what kind of rants we come up with tonight, Scott. Uh, my first one is, oh my God, for <laughs> a week off, this team played like crap and to not sugarcoat it. The Devils are on a back-to-back with their like fifth choice goaltender without their best player, without their star young forward. And they played last night. And the Canadians had a week off. And the answer from Dominique Ducharme was, well, the Devils were opportunistic. And as our uh, good friend Dan from Lighthouse Hockey put it, yeah, they seized their opportunity by playing the Montreal Canadiens tonight. And <laughs> Francois Legault is increasing bell center capacity to at least 50% capacity. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be charged with a war crime for doing so. As the Canadians put this team <laughs> out there, they were playing well. They were, it was a two, one game. And then they just went and threw it all in the toilet. It was bad. Caden Primo got hung out to dry. The defense wasn't great. The goaltending wasn't great. They, they built momentum and then they couldn't score another goal when they needed it. It was 3-1, and I just kind of went, this is, we're done here. It, it it just got worse, and it was 7-1, and it's just, we, we keep finding new lows on the season, and this is <laughs> definitely one of those. It was, it was tough, because I had hopes that maybe they'll show us something, and all they showed us was their butt, and that was it. It was terrible. <laughs> just absolutely... <laughs> A miserable viewing experience for whatever 500 poor souls were in the suites for that game. So they're not poor souls if they're in the suites. They're rich souls. That's a very good point. It's it's, it's the Bell Center. I forgot that there is uh, more money than God in some of those suites. So that is uh, that's on me. A few years ago. So this would be like at least six, seven, even possibly 10 years ago. I went on a tour of the Bell Center. A friend of mine was in town and we decided to do touristy stuff. I think it would have been like 2014-ish. And at that time, uh, the suites per suite was about a million dollars for the season. I shudder to think how much it costs now and how much is being literally lit on fire and thrown down the drain. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I interrupt? 
Uh, if those suites are still a million dollars, maybe they can take that million dollars and buy a goaltender who can stop a puck consistently at the (laughs) NHL level. Oh, I, we are already off the rails and we are four minutes into this, this podcast episode. I, Uh, I, 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 you know, I was going to bring up goaltending in one second. Uh, but I, I have to say that, uh, the point was made when you were on game over with the Andrew Berkshire and Julian McKenzie was your counterpart. I, that once people start paying for tickets for these games, the Canadians cannot afford to be like this. And that's going to, they're going to have to answer for that. And so the date where the Bell Center is going up to 50% capacity is uh, February 21st. And then by March 14th, they're hoping for full capacity. They at that time have said that it they have they're not ready to lift the mask mandate or the vax port yet at that point. But there's a possibility that we're going to go back to November era, uh, November era like November style where you can fill the arena, but you're going to be wearing a mask and 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 having to show your passport. Which I mean, the arena was still relatively full, not sold out like it used to be. It was still relatively full. Like you're going to have all these people who aren't going to want to pay for tickets, and not only that the atmosphere is going to be miserable and not only that it's not it's no longer one of the hottest tickets in town i remember even even when the canadians weren't that good you know 2010 2011 i still had to you know get online get online and and wait and 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 sort of it was kind of like a lottery to even get a chance to buy overpriced tickets like i just remember that you know it was so hard and now they can't even give those away at a time where they're not even able to fill or even allowed to fill all those seats so you know, something's got to change and you all talked about it. So I don't want to rehash, you know, cannibalize the topics you've already talked about. But uh, one of the things that was said is that um, it's alarming that, you know, supposedly from what Kent Hughes said he was going to do before the break, he spoke to uh, Dominique Ducharme and we're just seeing more of the same and not just more of the same, this like pure obliviousness to the problem. I mean, you know, we we were ranting about how, Last week or the week before, you know, Dominique Ducharme's excuse for the game was, well, they, you know, Connor McDavid wasn't, they, they held him off the score sheet or Connor McDavid didn't score. You still lost. You know, this is the same thing tonight is like, no, I don't think the team has given up. Well, they're playing like they've given up. So there's something that's lost there. Either like it's opposite day every day in Montreal Canadiens land or he's totally oblivious. How can you say that the team isn't playing like they've given up where half of them know they're being shipped out and they aren't even trying that hard to pad their own stats to go to a team that's going to be a contender where they're going to be able to win some games. It's honestly mind blowing. And so it is probably and likely that they're going to keep Ducharme because they keep saying it and they haven't fired him, but the calls are getting louder and like you guys mentioned like Andrew and, and, and Julian, you know, kind of concurred on this is that once people start coming to the arena, once people, once those tickets go on sale, something's got to be better than it is now. Yeah. And, and it's like, you've been trot saying, Hey, if we knew what we could do, we would be fixing it in our defensive zone coverage. And it's like, it's been, let's see, there's 37 games left. Let me, so they played what? 40 something games here whatever it is or however many it is how do you not know what the problem is at this point how has it not been identified you're coaches who are paid several million dollars a year and you can't figure it out come on like 
you got to be kidding me on this. And I know there are guys who are getting shipped out and there's this and there's that, but it's like, this team doesn't look like they give a crap most nights. Some guys do. Ryan Palin was fantastic tonight. I thought Cole Caulfield looked good. That line looked really good. Uh, they played these, like four minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was one of the questions on Game Over was who played the most at even strength. And it was Mike Hoffman for some godforsaken reason. It, I I don't know what to do. And I don't think they're going to fire the coach. But like somebody's got to do something here. And it's just really, it's tough. Like I, I don't know what this team is. And I don't know what they're going to be in the next future and everything. It's just really bad. Bad, well, bad, hopefully, bad. <laughs> hopefully they're not going to be too bad for longer than this season. I mean, we're all embracing this rebuild, uh, but you know, you've got to see some sort of positive direction here. Uh, in the meantime, we are going to talk about a crazy, crazy night that was in the NHL. That's coming up in just one moment. But you know what's not crazy, crazy, crazy is taking care of your health and keeping your energy up. And one thing that we do here on Locked On Canadians and across the Locked On Podcast Network is we take advantage of how delicious Built Bars are. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. There are 18 delicious flavors on a regular basis. And then every, like almost every day I'm seeing, you know, they have special edition flavors uh, that they rotate around and, uh, you know, fans love those. I love those. And they are all really high in protein, low in calorie, low in sugar, made with real chocolate and delicious. They really are delicious. And I have one every morning to kind of, you know, keep me awake you know I always forget breakfast and you don't want to be sitting at work all day long and then you know losing train your train of thought like I kind of am now you know I didn't have a built bar before the show uh but um you can use them before a workout you can take them with you on a hike for example you can use them after your workout they give you that energy and they are so full of protein and it truly truly is a delicious delicious protein bar it's nothing like those disgusting protein bars that that you know that when i say the word protein bar your mind conjures up this image of the sandy texture and this whey protein taste that's not built bar built bar really does taste like a treat and you know you want to try them so go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's built.com. And the promo code is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Thanks again for making Locked On Canadians your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed and it's free available and available wherever you get your podcasts. And our friends Rachel and Anne from Locked On Flyers and Locked On Predators uh, respectively are kind of anchoring that. And at the same time, Erica Ayala, Erica Lindsay Ayala from Locked On Kraken is literally in Beijing covering like she was at that game between the US and Canada yesterday. Um, and she is offering her dispatches as well. So it's really cool. You should check it out. Um, and, you know, obviously, we are also catching up catching you guys up on uh, what's going on with the women's tournament, for example, Canada won yesterday. Um, so it's a good thing we didn't make a bet. <laughs> and that might be coming. Uh, it's early. Yeah. I've made enough bets about any kind of hockey uh, <laughs> tonight. If you watched game over where I have potentially to eat very, very hot chicken wings. Yes. Uh, and I haven't told Carly about this yet because she's upstairs sleeping. So she's going to find out when she listens to game over in the morning that I'm doing this to myself after doing the land, sea, and air 
on Thursday last week. So uh, yeah, it's not it's not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> if you were new to Locked On Canadian, Scott is the resident food stunt guy. When uh, you know he he jinxed the Canadians, so we made him eat a pickle, which he finds really gross. Uh, he then I can't remember what he did, but he had to eat a fruit cake, which is another thing that he finds incredibly gross. Um, and then he, when we hit uh, episode five hundred, he had to chug a flaming hot Mountain Dew. All of these videos are available, by the way, and they will all be on the YouTube channel at some point. We're making a playlist just of Scott's food stunts. And then most recently, uh, when we hit 100 subscribers on YouTube, he uh, had a, what is it, Land, Air, and Sea Burger? Yeah, it's a Big Mac, a McChicken, and a filet fish stacked together in one horrifying <laughs> Franken sandwich that... Uh, I have to edit the video together. I haven't had the time to do that yet. It does exist. I have eaten it. If it was, if I could post it right on our Twitter, I would. But it is just me eating it. Took four and a half minutes. So like, um, <laughs> we, we we promise that to our YouTube subscribers. So I think we should put it on YouTube first. But the other videos are out there on Twitter. We will put them on uh, the Lockdown Canadians feed. And if we get five hundred. YouTube subscribers by March 1st at 11.59 Eastern, then I will have to do a food or drink stunt of my own. We have not figured out yet what that is, but, uh, you know, we're going to put it to a vote and have our listeners decide. Uh, and so please subscribe on YouTube and tell your friends and tell people to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts as well. Anyway, tonight was a crazy night in the NHL. Do you want to start with how bad Mike Smith is or do you want to start with um brad marchand or what are we going to talk about today i didn't know mike smith did something stupid i mean i assume no, he just, could he's just bad <laughs> oh well then that's just expected at this point it's what happens when you sign a 40 year old goalie to a two-year deal you one who has a reputation for imploding just like his groin this season so far mike smith is imploding in net uh, if he's bad, that's hilarious to me because it just drives up Jake Allen's asking price at the trade deadline for the Canadians. Uh, Brad no, Marchand. I don't, I don't want Jake Allen to go to. It's not like he's going to be any better off here getting pelted with pucks, you know, every single night, 60 at a time. Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, let's start with Brad Marchand, who was having a game where he was being Brad Marchand within the rules, annoying, but not bad. Uh, and then he punched Tristan Jari in the back of the head, if I uh, understood the video correctly. For no reason. Well, there's a reason. It's that he's Brad Marchand, and Brad Marchand is a jerk, to put it quite frankly. Uh, you can't punch goalies in the back of the head. You can't punch goalies at all. They are a very special <laughs> breed of hockey player who deserve <laughs> our love and adoration, and that is a shout-out for all of my goalies out there. Um don't punch goalies. One, they're wearing a mask and they're covered in what is basically a juggernaut suit and they will ruin your life. Uh, ask anybody. Goalies hold a grudge. So the next time Brad Marchand gets close to Tristan Jari, Tristan Jari is going to take the blade end of his stick and he's going to jam it right into Marchand's knee. And I can't say I'm going to blame him, honestly. I that was the thing is that Brad Marchand had like this glorious two or three weeks where everyone loved Brad Marchand, even though everybody knows exactly who he is, exactly what he's about. For whatever reason, they forgot all of the things that he always does because he had like three good tweets. And one of them was obviously chirping the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter account, which is at this point on literally everybody's nerves. 
I and and everybody was like, hey, Brad Marsha, and he tells it like it is. He chirps people. It's really funny. He chirps somebody or something on on Instagram, and then there were a couple of tweets about you know escrow and all all kinds of stuff. And he had a point. I mean, his tweets were good, but you can't just you know you can't just take like three tweets and then the rest of his body of work <laughs> and have them cancel each other out. He's still Brad Martian. He's still going to punch a goalie in the back of the head unprovoked. When I said for no reason, obviously one reason is that he is Brad Martian, but it was unprovoked. You know, I mean, you, you're getting testy in, in the crease. You kind of take it out on other players. You take it out on, you get chippy. You know, you, you, you Brendan Gallagher it. You do not go and punch a goal in the back of the head. Like in, like it was so vicious. And I mean, you know, it, it was a stupid thing to do, but Brad Martian, my God. <laughs> like, it's not even the dumbest thing that happened tonight, though, which is the most mind-blowing part of everything. Because <laughs> Marshans is dumb and suspendable, and he got a game misconduct for it, and he's going to be subject to George Peros doing nothing tomorrow. But Marcus Felino need a man in the face while he was on the ice. What is – are men okay? And I can answer <laughs> for me. The answer is no, but like <laughs> – I can, I can answer that, too. I ask myself that every day. Are the men okay? It looks yeah, like it, they're not. <laughs> people are too emotional in sports. Marcus Foligno, need a man in the face. And like, here's the thing is Jason Spezza's was bad when he did it in that game against the Jets, which why are people kneeing Winnipeg Jets in the face? They're not the coward Mark Shifley. So like, if you're going to do anything, hit him, <laughs> you know, when, when you get the chance. But like, I watched the clip and they're in a fight. I didn't see it from one angle, but the second angle is he pulls up in like full on like pride FC MMA style knees, Adam Lowry in the face in a down position. Lowry's on his back when he does it. And my first thought is that's gotta be 15, 20 games minimum because you're wearing a bulletproof knee pad thing and driving it into somebody's face. Who's on the ice? Yeah, so you're going to snap his head back off the ice, which is bad, can crack his head, and you're going to knee him in the face with a plastic-coated, Kevlar-protected whatever, and you're going to bust his face up real bad if that connects any kind of thing. And you're wearing knife shoes. Knife shoes. Knife on <laughs> shoes. All of it. The lack of thinking this through. It, well, he's thinking. He's thinking, I'm going to mess this dude's face up. And he tried. George Peros is going to be real busy tomorrow, and then he's going to do nothing because he's George Peros. But what in God's name, in a, in a night where you had all these things happen, a 7-1 game is like the third craziest thing that happened tonight after these things happened? Just woof. Just woof, honestly. Not a, not a banner night for the NHL. I would say that... You know, the answer to your question, are men okay? The answer is obviously some men are not. Um, I think that the lax treatment of these offenses in the past season and a little bit more, I'm saying like, you know, it feels like they've gotten excessively lenient in the last two to three years before the first COVID, no, around the time of the first COVID shortened season is when I would say it started. And this is what happens. This is the kind of environment you breed when you do that. If you put your foot down, if you're a little bit heavier on the offenders, this is not going to happen. It's just, it's so upsetting. 
But you know what's not upsetting is speculation about P.K. Subban's future and whether he would come to Montreal. He said he's open to it, and we're going to discuss that in just one moment. But first, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Scott. Me. (laughs) You brought this up. So I just want all of our listeners to know that if you want to complain about PK to Montreal talk, please address your complaints to Scott at Scott Matlaw on Twitter. Uh, This was his topic idea. I am indulging it, but I just want everyone to know that if you're tired of hearing about PK Subban, do not yell at me about it, please. I mean, please don't also yell at me. I have people <laughs> yell at me about enough things. Uh, so he, PK, obviously was talking to the media before the game. He was celebrating celebrating his 800th career NHL game tonight in a game in Montreal. And when asked, he said, you know, um, anything is possible about re-signing with the Canadian or signing with the Canadians in the offseason at return to Montreal He is a UFA coming up at the end of that massive deal he signed and then was probably traded after signing from Montreal. And we talked about it a little bit on Game Over with Andrew and Julian. And it, depending on where the Canadians are in their status of retooling, rebuilding, refinancing, whatever, this team, I think there's a lot of... um, good that can come out of that in certain ways. It's a huge PR win for the team. You're bringing back one of the most insanely popular players this franchise has ever known, who it kind of split the fan base when he was traded away originally. We've talked kind of about that schism in the Canadians fan base that never really healed. And I look at it that he doesn't have to be the guy. He can be the guy for, you know, a year or so, and then some of these younger players will take over. But it, it's something of the price is right for like a two, maybe three-year deal. Keep the price on. He's not going to get paid $9 million again. That's not going to happen. P.K. Subban is no longer that defenseman. If the price is right, you have a guy who thrives when the pressure and the spotlight is on him. And it's Montreal. The spotlight is always on you in Montreal. We saw his best hockey that he's played in his career outside of that first season in Nashville was played in a Canadian's uniform. And honestly, what, what's the downside to bringing him back? This is a guy who, you know, had to learn and thrive in this market here, being who he was. And I just think it makes too much sense to not at least explore the option. I'm not saying they should name him team captain. I'm not saying they should do this or that. But I do think there is legitimate reason for bringing him back. You have a guy who can run a power play unit knows the city is great with the fans and is a huge ambassador for this team that is rehabbing its own image after everything that's happened following the Stanley cup final run there. I think there's a lot of good to come out of that. And I think that it would help 
kind of get this team back on the way that it needs to go. And I really would like to see 76 in a Canadian's uniform again, just because, you know, it, it brings back a lot of good memories. And if you're Jeff Molson um, and you're trying to make money after this pandemic and everything, you're going to sell boatloads of 76 jerseys and shirts and everything else in the bell center because PK Subban makes money for your team truly and always will it there's not many downsides assuming the price is right for this i think there's a lot of stuff at play i feel like fans would love to see him come back he has always been open about how he was always a lifelong canadians fan his family's always been canadians fans or at least his dad um and you know he's it was a dream come true for him to play in montreal and i do think that when he was traded, it was not just a big shock for the fans. It was also a big shock for him. He did make the most of it in his years in Nashville, but obviously his body's taken a serious beating. And even when he got traded, you know, there were a lot of, um, there was a lot of speculation as to how durable he was going to be. You know, people were always looking at, well, you got, you know, the Shea Weber's long-term contract and, you know, PK Subban's the younger player and he's got more upside and all of that. And at the same time, people were asking questions about how long he was going to last playing the physical style that he does. And the answer I think has become pretty evident in his decline. That doesn't mean he's useless. He always had talent. He was always skilled. He's just older and, 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 you know, not at the same physical level that he was before. So obviously he would not command top defenseman money it would be kind of a nostalgic thing. So there would definitely be, a, it would be a lower cap hit, probably some interesting signing bonuses or targets, uh, you know, throughout the course of the the con- the way the contract is structured. Don't forget the Canadians now have an agent as, uh, or a former agent as their general manager. There's a lot of ways to structure contracts that he probably knows about that we are not privy to um, or that we wouldn't guess would work. Uh, and um, it's a possibility for cheap, I think. It would make fans happy. But at the same time, you kind of have to ask yourself what direction the Canadians are going in and see if that fits. Because even if he's taken a step back, even if he's much slower, even if he can't play physically the way that he used to, the the style that he plays hockey is high risk, high reward. A lot of forecheck, a lot of speed, a lot of run and gun hockey like that. He was always criticized for allowing shots and allowing allowing scoring chances but at the same time he was generating so much and that's something that we want the Canadians to do yes we want them to be sound defensively but we want them to be more daring we want them to be faster we want them to be more dynamic we want them to be more creative we want them to be an offensively minded team and that's what Kent Hughes himself said right you've got to keep up with the better teams in the NHL and all of them are going for skill and speed skill and speed while trying to build around a structure that is defensive enough that you can generate that offense. You can transition to that offense. And PK Subban perfectly fits in that. It's just that you can't rely on him more than a, let's say a third or fourth defenseman. Yeah. I, I, I'm not asking him to be the PK Subban that he was in his prime year when he won the Norris and he was leading this team in the 2014 playoffs and stuff. I, I think that he's someone that just, it, where this team could be in its timeline, it makes sense that, hey, we want you to come in, play on our power play, take some of the lighter minutes, offensive zone starts, and do what you do best. Be aggressive in the offensive zone. Be physical along the boards there. Carry the puck out. 
do those things because there are players coming into this system that are going to play that way. I look at players like Jaden Struble and Jordan Harris, Matthias Norlinder. Um, they can learn and see that, hey, this is where P.K. Subban is at his most effective. What can you do to kind of mimic that going forward? And I really, I, I, I nostalgically, yes, I, the glasses are on for this a little bit, but there is legitimate hockey reasons. And there are going to be teams that are going to be out there looking for P.K. Subban. Maybe better stock teams that can be, hey, you're going to be our 3-4 guy. You're going to get secondary assignments, and the Canadians might not always be able to offer that. But at the same time, P.K. loves Montreal. A good chunk of Montreal still likes P.K. I, I really do think it's something that Ken Hughes is going to take a serious look at. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's uh, I do think that there's some legitimate reasoning to actually let this happen next season. I also think there's a ton of people that don't like P.K. Subban. They were the people that didn't like him when he was here, and they're never going to come around. But I think that the the value to marketing alone and the fans that do miss him, the fans that do want him, the story that it would be in the NHL, I think it's worth it to kind of have a conversation. Maybe like Make sure you're not tying up too many years and too much of your cap, but for sure have that conversation with him, talk about his role or potential role. You know, It might not work out. It does seem like a long shot. I mean, how often does this kind of thing happen? But at the same time, you know, the fans that don't necessarily love him or think that he was a problem in the room or anything like that. Um, you know, I feel like an older, more mature PK Subban is definitely something that they can come around to. And and again, we, we never knew what happened in the locker room. It's just people constantly were trying to justify that trade by saying he was a problem. He was a problem. He was a problem. We weren't there and we can't pretend to have been there. So I think the value in terms of the fans who would pay for tickets to see him and who enjoy having him back and who like him as a member of the community and all the charity work that he still does here in Montreal would be really, really excited to see him. And I, for one, think it's worth exploring. Like it, it really honestly depends on how quickly they think that they're going to get back into uh, back out of that rebuild mode and, and back into uh, I'm going to call it respectability. <laughs> I think it's going to take a while for them to be good. But back to respectability, I think, is is definitely um, it's definitely a calculation that Kent Hughes has to make. I think it's an intriguing possibility. And again, like the reason that I said, like, yell at Scott, not me, is because we didn't want to be like just clickbaiting. Right. Like this. I think this is truly a discussion that is worth having. Like we're not just talking like for clickbait. Like I really do think that it's an interesting possibility to explore, to bring P.K. Subban back to Montreal. In the meantime, we've got plenty more coming over the rest of this week. So please make sure you are subscribed to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube or both. Uh, thanks to everybody who has already subscribed. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You'll find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You'll find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. And I'm going to tease something. It hasn't happened yet. We haven't confirmed it yet. But we might have someone like massive coming on the show uh, at some point in the near future. We haven't like it's not on paper yet. We're still in the scheduling stages. And it'll be in, in the coming weeks. So please stay tuned. In the meantime, if you liked this podcast, check out Lockdown Bets, where they're absolutely killing it lately. And that is really where you want to get all your advice. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.